We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to another special episode of Outside the Trenches. We are live on this Thursday afternoon, and I am BJ Kissel, founder and CEO of KC Sports Network and former Chiefs insider and reporter. And I'm joined, as always, by my guy, my podcast partner of the last, geez, four years, five years, something like that, Mr. Nick Leckie, former K-State All-American and Super Bowl champion with the New Orleans Saints. Nick, how goes it today? That's good. That's good. There's no complaints on mine. I just got back from a sales meeting in Vegas, so I'm, I'm good. All right, we'll get to your Vegas experience here in a minute because one guy I know <laughs> that we've had a fun Vegas experience with uh, is Tucker Franklin, our third co-host on this show, our full-time podcast producer and content manager at KC Sports Network. Tucker, how goes it today for you? Good. It's one of those days where uh, it's it looks like it's cold outside, but it's not. Um, yeah. it's been a rainy day. I took my dog out for a walk and it was, it was fine. And then all of a sudden it started pouring down rain on us. So, uh, it's been one of those kinds of days and it's just been, uh, it's been getting after it as we've been doing. All right, well, let's get after it. Talk a little chiefs, Jags and whatever else comes up on this episode. Let's start with some headlines before we get into our blind nil segments and, you talk about, you know, the chiefs, McCole Hardman, his injury situation right now, not practicing, dealing um with some stuff uh tucker how worried should we be based on the things that have been said and uh what's out there about mccall hardman right now yeah really interesting he's dealing with an abdominal issue he popped up on the injury report um 
I believe at the beginning of the week, something that didn't come up after the game because Andy Reid after the game said that there were no injuries to report. So something that came up uh, after after a couple practices, uh, something that he's been dealing with, uh, looks like he's not going to practice again today. Um, so now he's not going to have the Wednesday practice, the Thursday practice. So it's going to come down to the Friday practice to see if he does play against uh, the, the Jaguars. Um, it doesn't. They'll have plenty of options. The Chiefs will to people to step up. Kadarius, Tony, Sky Moore, Justin Watson, just to name a few of, of who can step up and play if he can't go. But again, he's not going to practice on Thursday. A tough break for McCool after you know having a having a good start to his year. And I think he's kind of finding his footing in the offense too. So it's kind of a bummer that he was kind of feeling his role within this uh, Mahomes-led offense. That to have an injury now and with a trade, you know, you're going to see wow. You know, Kadarius Tony, he looks hungry. You know, he that one catch, you know, it looked good. Like, so it's like I think they're gonna find ways to add him add him into the system. Yeah, it'll interesting how it plays out. I talked about it with Brett Coleman on KCSN update yesterday. For anybody who hasn't checked that out, you can find it on YouTube, you can find it on our podcast platforms. But uh talking about the Jags and the amount of zone coverage that they play, and that really plays into uh, and I asked him, I was like, well, we've played teams before that played a lot of zone. And as soon as they face the Chiefs, they play a lot of man. And he goes, this is the one defense talking about the Jags secondary that really don't feel like they should try to play man against anybody, uh, which told me all I needed to know about what kind of game we might be able to see from Juju Smith-Schuster, from Travis Kelsey and the usual suspects. But Juju specifically, just because of his size and what his skill set and his strength is, those intermediate routes across the middle. And as long as offensive line can give Mahomes time, this could be a big game for Juju in the, in the passing offense, Tucker. Very much so. And I think that uh, when, when you look at this, I talked with uh, Matt Hamilton a little bit about this too, kind of. On the flip side, we talked about the uh, Chiefs kind of struggling to defend two running back sets. The fullback sets is kind of like the inverse of like teams running man coverage against the Chiefs when when they when they have zone when they have zone tendencies. Uh, but no, I'm excited to see what uh, what Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith Schuster can do, especially if McCole Hardman can't go. Like I mentioned. Maybe do we see a little bit more Kadarius Tony? I know he's only been involved with this team for a, a week or two, but they got him involved right away. And I don't think that's not nothing uh, when you look at what he was able to do and, and some of the routes he was able to run. People were very excited about the route that he ran, um, that he was able to you know, make some guys miss. And if they do run that man coverage, Kadarius Tony is a guy that can make some guys, you know, lose track of where he's at. So. I'm going to be curious to see how they do fill that McCall Harmon role if he isn't able to go. Now, he could still practice, you know, uh, Friday, and he could still practice, uh, go through the walkthrough and be fine. Um, but uh, missing the first two weeks, two days of practice is, is is not nothing. I think I tweeted something out about, like, my concern level is at, like, a 6.4. Like, it's certainly something that is there, but it's I'm not too totally concerned because i think they've labeled it as abdominal soreness so it's nothing that's like uh specifically um hurt in the abdominal region but that could be uh like a sports hernia so that could be really bad you know that could be really bad so if not taken care of properly and something that could you know that could possibly be major yeah or that yeah (laughs) it could be a lot of it's like when they say calf a little different level but like when they say calf injury like it could be a strained calf or it could be a torn Achilles. Like they say the same thing uh, with those when they, when they refer to those, but uh, jump around a couple more headlines before we get to um, our blind nil segment, which for people listening to this show, probably know each bring a different segment to the show that the other two hosts do not know about. We chat about it for 10 minutes or so, but guys, a couple more headlines across the NFL. 
Uh, before we get to the big one that's on the front page of ESPN, uh, has to do with the Washington Commanders. Let's talk a little Josh Allen and his UCL and his elbow uh, injury there. He's not practicing again, which is setting bells off uh, across the entire AFC, and for good reason, because I do not know what the Buffalo Bills offense looks like if Josh Allen's not the one under center. That is a completely – same thing with the Chiefs. In fairness, they say, like, Chad Henney, it's a completely different team. Not that they still don't have the top defense in the NFL and they have playmakers on the offensive side, but um, this is a big one and one that Chiefs fans are obviously going to be paying attention to as we get into the middle part of the season and, you know, start talking about number one seeds and things like that. But, Nick, how how much should, you know, Chiefs fans be paying attention to the, the Josh Allen deal right now? I mean, take it for, for, for what it's worth. And, you know, he might – is he has he been ruled out yet? Must be a game time not decision. Yet. Day to day. They're not giving that information. Are you kidding? Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, you know, practice like he's gonna be there. And if he's not, then you're in luck. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a tough that's one. That's it, his man. throwing elbow, though. Like that's yeah. a tough injury uh, with that it UCL, is. which I believe for like pitchers like the Tommy John uh mm-hmm. is that UCL deal right there. So it's not a it's not a small thing and maybe not something that is gonna go away. And it's funny too how how you know it's sort of like the headline, I don't want to jump anybody's thing, but it's like Look at Buffalo outside of Buffalo, man. You got a team like like every team has their Achilles, and it seems like on this past Sunday the Jets, you know, they they had they were getting after the quarterback. You know, they were hemming him in, and it's like they might have laid a blueprint for teams to follow. And I know it's a tough one, you know, you got to get after them, but still, man, risk it. Like you can do some line stunts and, and get get a pressure that way. That's huge. I, I think what's really interesting, I don't know if you guys saw uh, the video of him injuring his elbow. It looked like it hurt. Um, shocker, an injury looked like it hurt. Uh, but if, if you go back in, in to Josh Allen's injury history, he had a UCL sprain in 2018. Um, so this isn't the first time that he's been dealing with a, with a UCL injury of sort. I believe a lot of the people... I'm not a doctor, but a lot of the people who are doctors on Twitter who talk about sports injuries have said that this is a kind of an injury where you're just going to have to deal with pain. If it's not torn, if it's not uh, anything like that that needs surgery, it's just a pain management type of deal. Um, Hmm. So it's going to be very interesting to see the process of him kind of going through this and, and dealing with this sprain. And if there is anything, I know they've, they're going, going for second and third opinions on this uh, because obviously it's, it's major. It's huge. That's his throwing arm on a UCL, which was BJ, as you mentioned, that's the Tommy John injury. Um, yeah. So he could have Tommy John surgery and who knows how long that holds him out. It's a different throwing motion than it is baseball, but who knows how long that throws him out. You don't see that with quarterbacks all that often. And honestly yeah. saying that I'm sure there's been someone at some point, but I can't remember a quarterback ever having Tommy John. Carson Palmer did. Uh, uh, yeah. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you know Carson Palmer Tucker? You were like, not even born that, yet. That <laughs> I know this because Matt Castle talked about it on the breakdown, and and Carson Palmer right. was his roommate at USC, um, and he had a uh, Tommy John surgery. That's the only reason I know that. All right, yeah, that, that makes more oddly sense. specific. Tucker, your confidence in saying that was was amazing. Because I'm like, you never lived in Cincy, and were you a USC fan when you were like three? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. All right, let's just, go. Let's move on to the third one. And we'll, if we need more injury update on Aaron Borg, or we'll bring on Aaron Borgman, talk about Josh Allen's injury. Our guy Aaron uh, could fill us in on what all this means. But uh, let's move on to the third one. And this one just broke um, 
like 12 30 about an hour ago uh hit uh espn's website and it was alluded to yesterday with uh the attorney general for the district of columbia this has to do with the washington commanders uh reading the first couple paragraphs here of the article on espn you can find it on the front page um, in bright red letters uh breaking news uh, the attorney general for the District of Columbia says his office is filing a civil civil consumer protection lawsuit against the Washington Commanders owner Dan Snyder, the NFL, and Commissioner Roger Goodell. Attorney General Carl Racine has announced the civil complaint for colluding to deceive district residents at a news conference Thursday. Racine said the team and league violated D.C. consumers' rights based on what they knew about the organization's workplace misconduct alleging Snyder lied about his knowledge of the situation. And so it's one thing when, you know, people in the media and media people are going back and forth. That's a whole different deal when the attorney general of the district of Columbia uh, gets involved in the way that uh, he is right now. This is something that's not going to go anyway, go away anytime soon, Nick. This feels bigger. This feels bigger than just simply trying to sell a football team. You know, this is like, when's, when's the last time, uh, a, a DA has gone after an owner. I mean, even Robert Kraft, when he was getting, you know, uh, massages, so to speak, really didn't didn't get the book thrown at him. And I think Dan Snyder right now, he's out of that circle of trust with the owners. And, you know, he's out of the circle of trust from, from Congress, you know. So they're like, okay, well, you're going to try and sell this team, then we're going to GM you up as much as we can. And I mean, the guy's out of this kind of a pervert, too, with those videos so of the cheerleaders i mean so yeah yeah the the statement that came out last night i'll just say this tucker because it was yeah. it was it wasn't a surprise that something came out and the commanders tried to get in front of it and put a statement out by an unnamed spokesperson last night and that statement read the commanders have fully cooperated with the ag's investigating investigation for nearly a year as recently as monday a lawyer for the team met with the ag who did not suggest at that time that he intended to take any action and in fact revealed fundamental misunderstandings of the underlying facts to me it's they didn't tell us they were going to they didn't give us a heads up that they were going to do this thing uh and we're very unhappy about it now is how that reads to me yeah that, that's what it sounds like uh, it's just a baffling situation it just seems like everything every Every day we learn something more about this organization that makes it just awful. Like just the way it's been run, just the way it's been uh, handled, just everything about this commander's organization has, has been really just poorly. And this isn't the the only lawsuit that they have going on right now. You, have, you got Mary Jo White's review on them going on as, as well. So it's like there's several investigations going on, uh, not only into the commander's organization, but into Dan Snyder, into his finances, into – what they've been doing now the attorney general's not only suing the team but the league and the commissioner this is not good uh, it's not good for uh, the commanders not good for the league and it's not a great look that it seems like that the attorney general's got some pretty decent ground to stand on yeah there was even stuff about how they were selling tickets and how they were allocating mm -hmm. tickets for events there and whether how much of it was going back to the NFL and all of a sudden the NFL owner is going to feel like there was money being taken out of their pocket and all of a sudden your friends leave and this is what 
this is what happens it seems like and obviously we don't have all the details and we're you know finding out as everyone else is but uh a mess of a situation uh to say the least and something that honestly all nfl owners are going to have to answer for you know roger goodell is now uh brought into this at some level being a part of this lawsuit uh again by the attorney general of the district of columbia so uh something that uh as andrew brandt always says there will be lawyers and there will (laughs) be a lot of lawyers on this one but uh we're about 14 minutes in let's get to some football stuff let's talk a little chiefs jags uh and just chiefs in general tucker let's get started with you since you're the one who made the title of this episode and uh kind of gave us a little bit of a heads up on what might be coming in this first segment but uh what do you got for us today tuck the race for the afc number one seed heating up we're at week 10 right now uh so we're getting closer to towards the playoffs we're talking race to the top Chiefs are tied with the Bills. Bills going through a little bit of an injury issue. So my question to you guys, who needs the the number one seat more? You know, you can talk about who wants it more. Who needs it more? Who needs that home field advantage more? Do the Chiefs need it more or do the Bills need it more? You know, I think that both, both teams have great home field advantages. You know, I think Buffalo's added advantage is the, the miserable cold and the, the rabid fan base, whereas Kansas City has a rabid fan base and just really cold. Uh, it's that that Buffalo, the the, the, adness, the the thing that adds Buffalo is that the moisture, right? You get like the sleety, freezy stuff and the snow. It's it's a miserable place. Like I would look every year on my on my schedule when I was playing and I'd say, okay, do we play Buffalo? We do. Uh oh, when do we play? I'm like, oh, September. Okay, good. I'm fine. This is not like having to uh, play in Buffalo in December, man. It's a miserable place. It just looks miserable on TV. But I, I would say Buffalo needs us more. You know, I, I think going out and taking an L to the Jets in New York was was not a good look. Um, and I think, you know, they thrive better at, at home, whereas I think Kansas City is built for, for anywhere, really. I mean, you could say about Buffalo, but I just think that just the way the way the Chiefs play, they're fairly consistent home and away. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say that I think the Chiefs need it more. It has nothing to do with whether or not I think the Chiefs can go to Buffalo and win this game. I just look at it from the simple point of Buffalo came here and won. And I and I know there's an argument that they did it in the regular season and the Chiefs won in the playoffs, but the Chiefs won that game at home uh, in the playoffs. And I feel like Buffalo is already going to have a ton of confidence because of what they've done so far this year and that their defense, their offense, everything is rolling. And they came into Arrowhead and won. And if all of a sudden you can come to Arrowhead and win, and then you get the next one at home, you have that much more confidence. Whereas you go to Arrowhead, you have to deal with something that isn't in your favor. And I feel like from a confidence standpoint, the Chiefs need this game to be at Arrowhead, to get the crowd into it and not have everything be against them. Nick, to your point, if it gets into a snowy game and, and again, I know Patrick Mahomes has been good in all weather. We have the, the clip of him against Denver. He's like, I'm a snow game guy now. Uh, I think as much as we talk about throwing the ball and all of that, it's also on the defensive backs, not being able to turn and run and all of that, slipping, being more reactionary than it is to the offense. I really do think we make too big a deal of what it does to hold back an offense compared to defensive players who are reacting to the offensive guys. And it's just as likely that they would slip or you know, the elements would affect their ability But for me, I think the Chiefs need it strictly from a confident standpoint of Buffalo came in here and won. You go to Buffalo's place, they're going to be that much more confident and they don't have to worry about any of the elements, the crowd noise, any of those things affecting them even in a small way when you're talking about a game that's going to have a very, very thin margin of error anyway. Yeah, it's interesting to think about. uh, The Chiefs, I don't believe, in the Patrick Mahomes era have played a road playoff game. 
outside of the Super Bowl, obviously. Um, but so, which is it's kind of crazy to think about. Patrick Mahomes has never played in a playoff game that's been outside of Arrowhead Stadium since the Super Bowls, obviously. Uh, but I, I think that that's kind of one of the things when I think about the number one seed. I obviously think about that. I do think that maybe Buffalo does need it more because they might need that confidence of playing at home a little bit more. Maybe they might need that confidence of being, okay, we're the top dogs. We have the home field advantage. And home field advantage does help. We, we've seen a lot of the statistics about uh, making the playoffs with the bye. The bye week is, is specifically huge. Um, with only one bye now in the playoffs, uh, it's a lot more likely um, to make the Super Bowl if you do have that one less game. Um, just, a, just a game of attrition. We know that with, with the sport of football. And if you have one less game, it's uh, it's a lot easier. But I do think that um, – Maybe for for confidence wise, for Buffalo to say, okay, uh, we get we get to have them at our place. I think Buffalo needs it a little bit more. I think the last time the Chiefs played at Buffalo was that 2020 game when Clyde Edwards-Helaire's rookie year ran all over uh, the Bills. That was kind of a weird game because it was like drizzly bad weather. Um, so I, I'm, I'm interested to see kind of what happens. They got a new uh, stadium renders going out. It's a I always like to see the stadium renders. Um, I don't know what you guys think about those, but just like, especially like the Titans had a new tennis stadium render, the Bills got one. Um, so that could be uh, really exciting to see um, with, uh, with what's going on with Buffalo. But I do think that Buffalo kind of does need it a little bit more as a team. And I think the Chiefs will be fine. I'm not saying that the Chiefs, if they don't get it, they wouldn't, they wouldn't like it. But I just think as a team, Buffalo might benefit from it a little bit more than the Chiefs would per se, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it, all those points make sense. And I think either way you look at it, I don't think the margin of error is – I don't think a team is going to be favored or not favored anymore or you're going to feel really strongly about the Chiefs' inability to go there and win uh, compared to Buffalo's ability to go and win a playoff game at Arrowhead. These are two very evenly matched teams. If right. health-wise they're all staying the same, who knows what this elbow is for Josh Allen. There's a lot of uh, football that's still got to play between now and then. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I have to tell you about some of these strange tall boys of beer that you might see in the bottled water section of your favorite store. Well, it's not actually beer. It's a liquid mountain spring water company from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And you might be wondering, Tucker, why is it called Liquid Death? Well, let me tell you, it's because... They'll brutally murder your thirst. That's right. Not only are they going to brutally murder your thirst, they are going to brutally murder plastic pollution in the process. It's wonderful with their infinitely recyclable aluminum cans. They also donate 10% of their proceeds from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. It's great. They've got four flavors. They have regular sparkling water. They've got still water, which is the mountain spring water. And they have uh, mango. They have... Uh, berry flavored and they also have the one i like here the severed lime i'm gonna go ahead and crack it on open and you can get a liquid death at your local target walmart 7-eleven or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash kcsn that's liquiddeath.com slash kcsn we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's move on maybe to the next segment unless you've got any more thoughts, fellas. Now, I mean, like I said, it just, it, and this will tie into my, my blind nil, but I wasn't as impressed with Buffalo's beatdown of Kansas City as I was just in a similar stanchion just because, you know, they got a couple of DPIs on, on a rookie corner, right? They kind of, they kind of uh, abused, abused a corner and got some DPIs that were kind of like, oh, yeah, I get it. You're just throwing it up there, kind of praying for, for a DPI. And you really can't run an offense like that. You know, I, I, don't, I, I don't think there was anything where I was like, well, damn, they're just having their way with this D-line. Not really. And, and that leads me to my blind nil because, like I said, I wasn't as impressed for Sunday's win either for the Chiefs, is, is how – what's your attitude after that Chiefs win, right? Is it changed because you saw this? Or is it, is it you know, better, worse? Did it feel like a loss, feel like a W, backup quarterback? You know, it's like – it's a good question, and I don't want to get into my blind nil because it could also kind of bleed into this as well. We don't want to mend them all together, but I expected it to kind of be an ugly game. I think you look at the history of what Mike Vrabel and what his teams have done against an Andy Reid offense. If anybody's had a lot of success against Andy Reid that you can point to as a head coach, Mike Vrabel's the guy, and that defense and that defensive line and Jeffrey Simmons, they are absolutely legit. They communicate well. They just kick their ass up front for lack of a better explanation. And so I'm not entirely surprised the game went down the way it did. That's one of the four best teams in the AFC. And so if you're looking for the margin of error between those teams, I think the defensively in the second half, Chiefs absolutely figured it out. I think offensively, there's some things, there's some people that had, you know, Trey Smith, probably one of the worst games that he's ever played. I don't expect Trey Smith to continue. He's a better player than he showed in that game. I don't expect him to play as poorly as he did in that game if these two teams meet again. And so for me, what worries me more than anything coming out of that game, honestly, and I talked about it a couple times, and it's not that I don't believe in him as a player, but Harrison Butker, we're getting into situation late in the season where whether it's his ankle, whatever the reason is, we know he has the ability, know he's one of the best kickers. So something is off here. And as we get to where these games are going to matter a lot more, are you going to be surprised fast forward if it kind of continues the way that it has? We get into a playoff game and there's a high leverage kick in the third quarter to get us up by two scores from 42 yards. Are you as confident now as you were two years ago with him making that kick? And I can't say that I am. And the Tennessee game really did it for me. I know he kicked the game winner at the end. I know there was wind. I know he's got his ankle and all those reasons. Conditions aren't going to be any better late in the season, especially at Arrowhead in Buffalo, some of the, in Buffalo where they're going to be kicking. And if it's ankle thing is going to linger throughout the season, that might not be a whole lot better. So again, he's going to be the kicker. He's still one of the best in the league. And maybe we took it too much for granted that it was just automatic, but coming off the Titans game, the one thing that worries me more than anything outside of the issue I don't want to talk about because it's my blind nail segment. 
is Harrison Butker for me. Uh, I think, you know, it, it's a game that it's going to be like that. Any play, anytime you play the Titans, I think. So wait, is your blind nil regarding Harrison Butker? No, Nick, it's going right into things that you talk about all the time. I'm surprised you didn't bring it up. We haven't even <laughs> talked about it yet, uh, but we'll get to it in here in about okay. six, six minutes or because, so. Because how we look at Harrison Butker, right? He is coming off an injury, right? So like any player, he's going to be um, handicapped a little bit by his injury. But the, the telling thing for me is, is I almost like how you sort of duffed a couple extra point and a field goal, right? So that way you're like, because <sighs> I'd hate for him to be on like some 20 for 20 streak going into playoffs you know we're like oh shoot he hasn't missed a kick since week two you know it's one of those things where, where he missed some kicks on this day come off his injury so if anything it's like i'm glad he made the last one that mattered in overtime you know so it's like look at that and then remember when the kicker's out yep. there the offense effed up right like yeah, i'll let's take, not let's not forget that right i'll take <laughs> steph curry going 20 for 20 just draining threes and feeling confident in him as opposed to him missing a bunch and then all of a sudden feeling like oh well now he's due that's what you're basically saying <laughs> is like is. i'm gonna miss a lot so he's due by the time he gets to the plan he's good and mentally sharp i take the guy who just drills man. all of his kicks no i, I yeah. love the video of steve kerr on the sideline with steph kerr and he's saying he's like look look at your look at your first half you went like over i love your confidence you're still taking shots from deep even when you're over you know, and that's Harrison Butker. He's fine. You know, well, he missed two in the game, whatever. But guess what? Overtime, he did it. You're cool. With he missed me. more than two. He missed you know, two extra points. Like, three extra yeah, points. Something it's, like it's. It's a, a thing couple, now. He's a uh, thing. He made the like an kick, average, a, an above average kicker which, right now. Which and what we had was one of the best kickers that would be considered the best kicker in football if Tucker. the best kicker to ever play wasn't kicking right now yes. for the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens. Like he would be seen as that dude. He's just playing in the wrong era. That's right. He's like Scotty Pippen, right? Did you or, see or, Justin Tucker like crow hop and kick a 70 yarder? It, uh, granted he was in the dome, but just, he's just like, all right, I'm going to crow hop and just like swing conference. through this. And it's the just, conference. it's incredible. You see him making fun of Russell Wilson. <laughs> like he takes a moxie. That yeah. Poor guy's getting so beat down. You know, it's like, wow, I feel bad for him, man. But <laughs> Tucker, where are you at with Harrison Bucker? Um, yeah, I think Tommy I'm somewhere in the Tommy's middle of where you guys are. I don't think I'm necessarily <laughs> he's due level, but I don't think I'm <laughs> into the world uh, level. So it's somewhere between like, you know, y- you make some, you miss some, uh, and it's just kind of the way it goes. I know he is dealing with some injury stuff. Do I think it could be a problem? Uh, potentially, but I'm not ready to face that until it actually comes and rears its head at me um, and makes me think about it. So uh, that's one of those things where Harrison Bucker, am I worried about it a little bit, but am I sounding the panic button? Am I smashing the panic button? No, I don't think so. I mean, BJ, as you mentioned, he's going to be the kicker. Like, I mean, there's nothing that's going right. like, to... You know, Matt Wright was signed off of the practice squad. Not that Matt Wright was going to snap his job from him, but... uh I, it's just one of those things where I think it's just something he's working through and it's good that he's working through it now in the regular season than working through something in the playoffs to Nick's point. All right. I got to bring this up a little bit of breaking news about one of the other teams in the AFC West. The Raiders have been making some headlines over the last 24 hours. Oh my Jonathan Abram got released yesterday. Both. I believe I've seen both Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller both placed on injured reserve and now starting linebacker Blake Martinez just retired from football. What? Mm-hmm. That is, what? that is a, that's a thing. So weird. That is weird. Uh, Wait, no, what? say that again. He played 93 snaps last week. 
Who was that? Who? Blake Martinez, oh, Blake former Martinez? Packers oh, linebacker. Gosh. Their speedy, rangy linebacker uh, what? decides he'd rather n- not play football anymore uh, than play for the wow. Raiders. So the Chiefs don't play the Raiders again until the last game of the regular season, and they're That's they're quitting. For... They're quitting three months before that. That's. So, I wonder if it's dangerous like if he's stressed, like, if he's stressed or if like if the the organization is being run so poorly right now that you know you've got to quit that there's a mutiny and he's like f this like i'm not going to be here for this i've been around it's like i don't want to be here it's like gronk retiring so he get traded right <laughs> yeah. you know yeah and it's yeah. like i mean that's that's what it is man it sucks man i've been on them crappy teams dude it sucks and if you coaches all know they're about to get canned or whatever then it's like you know it's it's actually kind of fun it was kind of freeing because you're like you know the guys who play know that they got to play for next year and even though you're not playing for playoff spots, you know, you're playing for your, your, your spot next year on some other team. Looking yeah, at the so. injuries that uh, for Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro is an oblique injury. Darren Waller is a hamstring injury. Both of those have been nagging them the whole year. So I think the the their idea behind playing that placing them on the IR with soft tissue, you have to rest and for it to get better. A uh, minimum of four weeks, so they won't be back until week 14 at the earliest uh, for those guys, but – yeah, Raiders uh, have had a, a rough go, and this this whole week has been a very weird week for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, well, the whole AFC West has been weird from what what I expected. <laughs> Everyone but the Chiefs, like it's just been like like absolute like what the hell's going on? Yeah. All right, let's move on to the final segment here of Blind Know and it's mine and Nick. I'm surprised you didn't talk about this yet, but the Chiefs inability to run the football against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, And the reason I'm bringing this up is it's not about whether or not they're going to be able to run against the Texans, the Jags, the Broncos, and some of these teams are going to play in the regular season. It's can they convert a third and one or a fourth and one short yardage play against a team like the Tennessee Titans or the Buffalo Bills teams that are going to play teams that you make excuses or we make excuses for, well, they played a really good front. You got to give those other guys credit too. At some point you got to make a play in the running game against the good front uh, as you get into the playoffs. And it can't always just be really creative play calling. We've talked about this before. It's not the first time we've had this conversation. Uh, even for Andy Reed uh, running the ball more to any more successful Eric B said, you know, you can't be successful. You got to keep hammering it. You got to keep getting after it. We got to run the ball more. I don't know if that's a shot on play calling or if it's checking out of them or whatever the, the reason behind that comment. Uh, is the Chiefs' current inability, or let's let's word this so I'm not leading you into it. Do you feel the Chiefs' running game the way it is right now will hold them back in a way that is going to keep them from getting to where they want to be? Nick, I'll start with you. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I've said it every week. I mean, the the times that they win versus good teams is when they're feeding a running back, you know, ten to fifteen times. You know, when when Mahomes, when your quarterback is not your, just your leading rusher, but got the most rushing attempts, that's not a good game plan. That is that is a, a less than ideal game plan. You might win a divisional round, but you're not going to win the AFC championship, and you're not going to win a Super Bowl. Uh, relying on that. And it's almost weird that I've stopped harping on it just because it seems like Andrew doesn't give a shit about running the ball like at all. Like they just forget about it. And the times when I've seen the chiefs offense hum the best 
is when they get those those rushing yards, when they get that ground game going, because you have to. And and what you're doing is you're saying, hey, defense, don't don't rush so hard, because guess what, buddy? We could be running this ball right at you. And so you might be chasing a sack of just Mahomes, and he's already handed off the ball three seconds ago. Tucker, how do you feel? A couple of former offensive linemen. Yeah, I think – I don't think it's going to keep them from going where they need to go, but I don't think that the rushing model that they have now is sustainable, if that makes sense. Um, much like the the Bills' rushing attack is Josh Allen, that's kind of morphed into what the Chiefs' rushing attack has turned into is just Patrick Mahomes scrambling, um, which isn't great. I don't think is sustainable, but it's gotten the job done for the most part. So it's like, I don't know if you can say it for certain that it will take, it'll keep them from where they're going. I don't think what they're doing is obviously sustainable for the long term, but I don't think it's going to keep, I do think they need to run the ball better. Obviously they need to run the ball probably yeah. a little bit more to keep defenses a little bit more honest on what they're going to do. Uh, so defensive ends can't just pin their ears back, but as Matt Castle and Matt Hamilton pointed out, defensive ends were, point, were pull, pointing their ears back and, and going after the Patrick Mahomes, and he just stepped up and ran for a touchdown or would run for 15, 20 yards. So it's like one of those yeah. things. It's like, can can they still run the ball effectively with Patrick Mahomes scrambling? Like, kind of, but, like, is that a good thing? <laughs> not, not really. It's just I, what what it's I don't like is if it's third and one on the goal line and we're on, like, it doesn't matter what hash they're on. I feel like the play is going to come down to Patrick Mahomes scrambling right, and he's going to throw the ball in that little window right before he steps out of bounds to hopefully somebody coming open or somebody gets lost uh, in the traffic of the end zone. Uh, we've seen it multiple times already. And so sometimes you, and I, I get you can't have everything that you want all the time, but I don't rem- of all of the plays in the entire game against the Titans, the time at which I held my breath, like, Oh my God, did we just do that? Was the third and one where Clyde Edwards, the started in the slot ran back on the fourth down. And they gave him that inside handoff. They always give to the fullback. And I was like gasping, like what the hell was that? It worked, but you'd like to have a little bit more confidence, especially for an offensive line that going back to training camp, we talked about being one of the top in the AFC. And we talked about being a strength of this offense and of this team. And right now, not a ton of confidence that third and one, you can just line up, run right down somebody's throat and pick up a first down against a good team. I don't care if they can do it against Houston. It doesn't matter. You need to be able to do it against a good team because that's who the Chiefs are comparing themselves to. That's what they're setting up for is having to beat the, you know, the Titans in a divisional round or having to beat the, the Buffalo Bills in an AFC championship and those good fronts. Yeah, and it's like to me, if if they run that fullback dive short yardage one more time, I'm gonna break my TV. It's just so absurd. I'm like, for all the creativity in the red zone and everything that they do, and they have one play for short yardage for your one fourth and inches, third and inches. It's it's mind blogging. Yeah, in fairness, that's the first time I've seen that play not work. No, it's been they gave it to Burton. It's been consistently not working. Oh, I don't think the numbers are on your side. Like I, I they run that play all the time because Tucker, you've heard me mm-hmm. say it about a hundred times. They have the counter pitch off of it where they're going to fake that and they're going to pitch it to Pacheco running the outside. Because uh, I'll never forget they did it against Buffalo in Buffalo in 2014, and Jamal Charles was the one who took it like 25 yards and ended up winning that close game. It was that exact same play and they ran the counter off it? It's the only time I can remember them running that actual counter pitch off that play, but. 
generally I feel like it works more often than doesn't gain a lot of yards, uh, but it's kind of the go-to offensively and maybe Buffalo had watched some film because they did stop it the first time and then they came back to it with Clyde and he got it. But it was one of those holy cow did we just run that play moments for me. <laughs> I uh when when we were going through the breakdown plays and that overtime catch from Noah Gray, I don't know if you noticed this BJ, but the play action was that fullback dive play. Um okay. so they faked the handoff on the fullback dive and they and then they had Pat uh boot out into yeah. Um, they kind of flood levels concept out to that, that side. Only three guys on that route. Yeah. Yeah. No, there it was not, it was not a route that was, uh, had a lot of progressions to it. Um, but Patrick Mahomes made a play on it, but that was the shell of it was, uh, offensive line, everybody block left, uh, fake handoff to Michael Burton, uh, into where he would go for that fullback dive play and then a boot out for Patrick Mahomes. So, um, very interesting. I know that was the first thing I noticed on that on that play. Yeah, you know, well, I, I think I saw K State get stuffed on the uh, the quarterback, the bush push. So is that you know is that one of those things that you can you can do that in the NFL, right? You can push the pile. So I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that thing's undefeated. Unless you're right? Jason Kelsey, as he explained, <laughs> I I was just holding him up. I was trying not to fall down. Uh, shout out to that podcast being the best podcast in out there mm-hmm. right now. New Heights is amazing. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. That is a good one. But yeah, no, like I said, it just like I said from from that win uh, over Tennessee is not. It felt like a loss because it felt like their their quarterback. I think if Tannehill's in that game, I mean, I think I think you know Tennessee's going to run all over the Chiefs. You know, I, and I think it's one thing Malik Willis kind of like the sacks weren't immediate in the end, so it's like. Malik was just looking like cover sacks and then kind of panicked and could have thrown it away, but didn't. So you got yeah. a lot of garbage stats at the end. And then, um, you know, Casey beat a team that they should, but they should have lost it. I think the only reason that the game where, I mean, the Chiefs defense absolutely shut them down in the second half. And to your point, Tanhill would have been back in this better in the second half, uh, throwing the football when needed. But in the first half, most of their offense, obviously it was Derrick Henry, but it was also Malik Willis keeping the ball and doing right. things that Ryan Tannehill wasn't going to do either. So I guess, He's a good athlete, but I don't think you get that threat from him. And that's one of those, you don't really know what you're going to face. Cause I don't know if the chiefs expected Malik Willis to be the one out on the field. And there wasn't a lot of tape on what he was going to do. Um, oh, we got a stat here. And from the, the comments, Tucker, bring it up. Burton fullback dive is like 14 of 16. They've converted. Wow. How do that you get play that works. Stat? How do you get that stat? You chart and film then? Yeah. I don't know. He said it's like 14 of 16. So I think he might be guessing a little bit as well, but uh, it does feel like that play. It does feel like that play always works. It just gets like a half a yard uh, so, more than it absolutely needs to. Uh, this guy ready whip. So he says, I want them to run up from under center, not these shotgun handoffs. So remember the running backs position doesn't change in a shotgun or underneath the center. So um, it actually helps clear up the vision uh, for him. So remember that the running back position does not change in shotgun versus under center. It just gives them better feel without the quarterback and the way to read a defense. If we're going back, I, you know, one question I want to ask Matt Castle Tucker is that play. I absolutely despise the sprint draw. They used to run it with Jamal all the time or castle would be in shotgun. They'd snap it to him and then he'd run it over to Jamal. Yeah. <laughs> he'd like run two yards over. I was like, we don't have the offensive line to do this. This is <laughs> not going to work. Uh, and it, it rarely worked. I know that because I used to chart those plays. That one drove me crazy. 
Yeah, it's mm. like I said. I mean, you should obviously they, they should smash Jacksonville, um, you know. But at the same time, this could be Jacksonville's next next fluky win. Hey, sorry to interrupt again, but I've got to tell you about our sponsor, Trade Coffee. And going to a coffee shop is a great experience, but it's not something most of us can do every day. If you're looking for that delicious local coffee shop taste on a daily basis, it's so much easier to get that with Trade Coffee. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so easy for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. No fancy equipment needed. It's wonderful. Whether you know what you're doing and you already know what kind of coffee you like or you're looking and you need some help, Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees. They'll send you ground coffee or whole beans or however you make it your coffee at home. They will send it to you. It's absolutely perfect. It's a win-win in my book there. Here's how you got to do it. You're going to upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee and let them take the guesswork of finding your perfect cup. Right now, Trade is offering listeners a total of $30 off their subscription plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. Drinktrade.com slash KCSN. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Let's talk about that now. Let's let's finish this up and talk about predictions for Sunday. Tucker, what do you got? That Jacksonville front is sneaky. Like I think it's a it's a sneaky good front. They don't have a ton of names that you would recognize. Uh, Arden Key, uh, very good. Uh, Josh Allen, obviously very good. Uh, they've got they've got a couple rookies. Trevon Walker being one of them, who is very good. Uh, and they run a three four as well, so a little bit of a different front than than the than the Chiefs are used to seeing. Um, so I'm really curious to see how the offensive line handles them, not only in in the pass protection game, but in, in running as well. That could be really interesting uh, to see the matchups on that because this matchups have been have been not the fa- not not favorable for the Chiefs when it comes to their offensive line to who they're going up against. Um, but maybe this is a week that they can get back on the right track and, and, and get get things right on the front. Um, I'm excited to see that. I think it's a it is a sneaky front that the Chiefs could run up against, but um, confident that the Chiefs can can get it done. It's the secondary that I am, I got the confidence in the most, and I think that the Chiefs wide receivers can make the secondary pay, and Travis Kelsey as well. Um, these guys run a lot of zone, as as we've talked about on on KCS and update. Brett uh, Coleman talked about it on Wednesday. Uh, Matt Hamilton talked about it today. With me, when they're running a lot of zones, that's going to be Juju. That's going to be Travis Kelsey. Uh, maybe MVS gets a little bit more involved. I know people were disappointed they didn't get to see him very much, but um, could be a big offensive day on, on the throwing the side of the ball. So I'm curious to see uh, towards the end of the game if they do get to run the ball a little bit more. Did uh, Nick, what did, did Doug Peterson? Uh, what he did he enter? Did he cross with Patrick? Right? Were they together? No, no. So they never crossed. Right. Okay, but you got to look at this game. So early, sure they, they they could win, right? You know they're probably going to win most likely. But noon is a trap game, you guys. Better noon trap games for Chiefs, right? Especially coming off you know like a, a tough Sunday night game. Um, 
So I'd be curious if Doug Peterson could throw any wrenches uh, for teams to sort of emulate going forward. You know, it's kind of knowing that that offense, uh, knowing how to hamstring that offense. And, you know, they might be, you know, trying to throw everything they can uh, against this offense to see what they can stop and might show something on film. So I'll be curious. I'll be curious if it's one of those days where, where you know, if, if Kelsey gets shut down or not, you know, and then teams are like, oh, that's how you do it. But then someone's going to blow yeah. up. You know, if you shut down Kelsey, Doug, then Gigi's going to get a lot of stuff then. Yeah. There's a few coaches that were with the Chiefs that I was around that I liked more than Doug uh-huh. Peterson. He was awesome to me. He was very helpful to me. Uh, but Doug Peterson, he could be a genius out there. He still can't go execute those plays out on the field <laughs> against Travis Kelsey. Yeah, so, that's true. Uh, right. You talk to talk to analysts all week. And, uh, Tucker, you talk to, to Matt Hamilton. Like, there's one weakness of the Jags team. It's the secondary. And I just I don't know how a team that doesn't have the dudes in the back end of that team back into that that have a good front, but is not a dominating like they're just going to tear apart the Chiefs offensive line type front. Andy Reid won't have an answer for it type of deal. I I feel like this is going to be a game that we're going to see a lot of Juju set it off top of the show. Juju is going to have a big game. Kelsey is always going to have a big game, whether it's man or zone, knowing you're going to face a lot of zone defense. I feel like this is one of those games that they're going to. It's going to be nice for the Chiefs offense to not see as much man as they have and get back to a lot of things they practice and haven't had to do a whole lot this year. And a lot of the reason that Juju came over, expecting a big game from him, and in the postgame we can sit there and talk about uh, the, the contract extension that should be coming his way. Absolutely. And I think there's a pullout on KC Sports Network right now. Um, if you make sure to go to KC Sports Network's Twitter at KC Sports Network, go check it out, about would you want the Chiefs to sign or how would you feel about a, a multi-year extension for Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, go check that out. Make sure to let us know how you feel the poll right now. Um, I'm loading it up on the, on the second screen here. Um, I anticipate it should be uh, slanted very well to excited, to, to the stoked <laughs> ends of things. People should be stoked if uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, if it's announced tomorrow, uh, people should be stoked. Yeah, 94.6% of our 864 votes so far I've said that they would be stoked if the if uh, the Chiefs resend Juju to a multi-year deal. Yeah, and he's a guy's a hard worker, and, and he's gonna get he's gonna work, you know, whether he's paid or not, you know. So that, that's what you love about paying a guy like that. Yeah. So outside of the Chiefs rooting for the, or obviously Chiefs fans rooting for win over the Jags and be rooting for the Vikings this week as they take on the the injured Buffalo Bills or if Josh Allen plays in this game or not. Uh, hopefully Kirk Cousins can get a few more chains on his neck around after this. It's a noon game. Kirk Cousins is a solid a noon game. So uh, Kirk Cousins noon game. I so he's basically he's basically Patrick Mahomes when it comes to that. And officially, uh, just seeing this come across my Twitter right now, uh, Josh Allen did not officially practice today. So um, it was reported he wasn't going to. Now it is official he did not practice. Didn't practice at all. At all. So it's one thing if he's limited and he just doesn't throw. He's not out there at all. They're giving those reps to. Is it Matt Barkley? Case Case. Keenum. Case Keenum. Former Vikings quarterback, by the way. Oh, God. Does that count? I mean. Oh, no. Revenge game. Is it a revenge game for Case Keenum? (laughs) 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 All right. So, Nick, what's your score prediction for Sunday? Let's wrap this one up. I can't believe the Vikings are seven and one. That's or eight and one. What are they? I'm waiting for them to implode. I really am. I'm just waiting for that late season. Everything just turns to crap, by the way. So I don't think they went over 10. I don't think they went over 10. Um, Anyway, the the Jets, the Dolphins. It's been a weird year. 
Yeah, changing the guard, right? Changing the guard. So yeah, um, I honestly think that the Chiefs will win, and, and I think I'm I'm hoping that this is when I get the false hope. Like the Chiefs are going to feed Pacheco. You know, they're going to just feed Pacheco all day, and they're going to be like, "Wow, this works!" And they're going to they're going to kick their ass. You know, I think they're going to kick their ass, but then there's going to be something where they see where Mahomes struggles a bit, and then they turn to the running game, like, "Oh wow, this this you know this helps us out when we run the ball." So I'm thinking like, you know, 32, I'm thinking 42, 42. I'm thinking like 42 to another, they're friends, 35, 35 to uh, like 17. But that seven, like it'll be 10 in that last second. It'll be like a last second touchdown that like, why are you running the ball? Like, let's just stop. Hmm. Over under for this, over under for this game set of 51. Uh, spread at nine and a half still. The spread has had some movement. I think it opened early at like 12, I want to say, and then has gone down, which I think has been kind of interesting. Uh, if I could pull this up here from, from DraftKings. Uh, DraftKings has actually had the spread at nine and a half the whole time, fun fact. Um, so I don't know what I was looking at. Uh, I think that the Chiefs do cover. I think it's a two-possession game, uh, and I think it's one of those games uh, that's – going to be in control of the Chiefs, but might look a little closer towards the end, right? And a lot of those going in the 2021 season where the Chiefs would, like, play really good for two quarters, like, for the first half, and they'd be up. The The, the Buccaneers game is the yeah, one that Tampa, sticks out to me, where they, where they played so well in the first half, and then at the end of the game, it was, like, fake close. Like, Tampa Bay really didn't have an opportunity to win that game, but um, it could be one of those games where the Chiefs play really well for the first half and then I kind of let off the gas a little bit. So I'm going to say over under 51. Uh, interesting. Another a fact about Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, one and three over under record. So the unders have hit most of the time when it comes to Arrowhead this season. It is a noon game. The Chiefs uh, you might know their other noon game that they had this season. They lost. It was the Indianapolis Colts. Also, after a Sunday night game. Um, interesting fact as well. So I'm going to say it is 24-14. But fake, wow. fake close. Fake close. The 24 is in the whole way. And to Nick's point, you know, we we try to make the, these points about, okay, their secondary is struggle. They play a lot of zone that fits into the chiefs. And so obviously my mom's going to a big game and that's where they would come out and give the ball to the running backs. And they'd run for, you know, 180 yards. Cause you expect them to do the <laughs> opposite, but I just can't sit here and look at a, a defensive secondary that struggled like they have and not expect the chiefs to put up at least 35, 38 points. Um, so I'm going to think the chiefs are going to win about 38, 17, um, I do think Travis Etienne, they're going to give him the ball. They're going to try to slow it down. I think the first quarter might be a little slow, but as soon as the Chiefs get into a rhythm, if they don't not, if they do not get any pressure on Patrick Mahomes, he is going to light up this secondary. And so I just, I'm not going to doubt Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense. I, I know Nick's wishful thinking is that they're going to run the football. I just, I don't see it happening in this one. If the Chiefs can stop Travis Etienne, I don't. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to give him a few. Uh, I think they're going to get some some short fields. I think he's going to force it a little bit. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo's pressure, it, it doesn't fit well to a young quarterback the way that Steve Spagnuolo likes to send guys and put a lot of strain on those guys. So uh, it's the last game without Frank Clark, as well as he's finishing up his two-game suspension. So hopefully we see uh, Frank back and you know maybe we'll see a George Karloff to sack 
this week. That'd be great. He's got to get back on pace here. He's got to average about one and a half. He's got to average about one and a half for the rest of the year uh, to flirt flirt with that record that I said he was going to break that I'll bring up every time and wear that one for myself. So It's all right. I'm cheering for it. I'm cheering for it. Appreciate you. All right. We appreciate everybody for spending part of your day with us. We know it's a lot of great place to get your chiefs content, whether you're watching on YouTube and if that's where you are consuming our content, please hit that like and subscribe button and go look around. We've got a lot of the great content uh, posting three, four videos a day here on the network from a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different people. So check that out. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you check out all the other stuff that we've got at KCSN, whether it's KU, K-State, Mizzou, Royals, got a lot of cool stuff and uh, some new stuff come up here in about a week that we'll have some new news for you coming up just maybe two weeks maybe two weeks away but um appreciate everybody for spending part of your day with us for myself bj kissel for nick lackey and tucker franklin appreciate you all for listening we'll catch you next time without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.